Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. It's 8.08. Welcome back to the program. 573-874-9390. We have an active text line. And it seems to be getting more activer. More activer. I'm kidding. I know better. I'm just that kidding. That would be most activist. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get your attention, Hannah. Um, Sorry, I'm still laughing about our off-air conversation about Google. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I raise a question, uh, John, I, maybe you're better at this than I, but I, I'm not as good at developing the right search term to find an immediate <laughs> at-your-fingertip answers. And so I was asking, there's a, there's a, one of our listeners sent us a great text because it's tax season. I want to talk a little bit about that. Sent us a, a funny comedian bit, a song. And um, I said, who is that? Because it didn't identify who it was, just the song. He was panicking a little bit. And I was, oh my gosh, I don't want to play it without giving attribution. That's not fair. And before I knew it, she says, oh, that's Tim Hawkins. Okay. I'm like, well, how did you do that? <laughs> I was in the middle of trying to do a Google search, and I was probably 15 keystrokes away. And she had it like that. It was done. Then he was also talking about a, a tweet that he wanted to talk about. Uh, but he couldn't find it again, and I found the tweet in about 20 seconds. It's how, too how easy. Do you, how do you do that? It's too easy. Google. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. She quarreled it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the quarreled it. We I, sh- this, is a, this is a serious question, though. What did you guys do before Google? Because I would be lost without it, truthfully. Be like Brian and have a photographic memory, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You would. I just would... carry around like a... What's it called? An almanac or whatever? <laughs> Big dictionary yeah. or something in your hip pocket. Well, our minds weren't cluttered with minutiae like that, first of all. I mean, we <laughs> kind of make it up as we go. And and you... De- uh, actually, that checks out. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you depend it... No, I mean, I think, don't you... Wouldn't you admit, Hannah, that it does, it does sort of create, I think, um, you know, acquired ADD, right? I mean, we're all so distracted with all the incoming that you see it's just unbelievable yeah and uh, you know once a week i get a a screen time report Mm. on my iphone Mm -hmm. it sends me a little notification Mm -hmm. and it's a report of how i spent my screen time over that week Mm. and uh it's pretty embarrassing yeah it yeah well and it's way too much time it's interesting and it's (laughs) i guess it keeps you curious but by the same token I find that it's difficult to have a conversation with people these days with any kind of a depth to it and context and uh, discussion about why did the lights go out of the studio just then? John, did you turn off the lights in the studio? Was not me. I did not lean up against the switch. (laughs) What is that? What the are you sending me a message, Hannah? I did. I, there, I cannot control your lights. Is management sending a message? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not kidding. The lights went to cut out. Cut the overhead from the sound of this it. This is why you should be watching us on YouTube Live <laughs> like, or Facebook Live. You can find us at both places at Wake Up Mid Missouri, and you would see Randy sitting in the dark. Now, but this relates. Thank goodness to, uh, the blinds are open. You can at least see them from the light from yeah. the window. But this relates to a question that Hannah asked me. Was it Stephanie or you or both? One day, I came in at it was quarter to five, and I had all the lights off in the studio. The only light was from the computer monitor, 
They asked me, why do you do this? What's wrong with you? They ask me this commonly. <laughs> What's wrong with... But I said, <laughs> it helps me focus. I have something about just without any distraction in the room, only what I was looking at. Oh, it's back on. came back on. This is very odd. It, well, you like remember hit the table. W- Remember WKRP in Cincinnati and the night jock, Venus Flytrap? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he'd come in and he'd turn all the lights off and yeah. he'd crack the mic and say... Children, time for more music and less Nesman. <laughs> that's that's right. And I, I will do that at the office sometime. If I'm focusing on a patient's problem, there's a vexing issue, I'm trying to do research, looking at papers, maybe I can't put it together, but it's just symptoms, I, I will do that. I'll just turn off the lights, and I all I have is a little... Oh, I picked it up at an antique store up in Des Moines once, Hannah, and a high-intensity light, sort of a modernistic, you know, it has a counterbalance on the bottom. Now, wait a second. Really? Is this the same thing that you've been making fun of Stephanie for using? No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, oh, this is a very high, different. A high intensity lamp, uh, John. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a desk lamp, or a, sort of like uh, uh, like like architects used yes, on their drafting tables. A, a desk lamp, and um, it just focuses you. You don't have distraction. Your 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 eyes don't wander off of what you're focusing on. Your mind doesn't wander. I think it's a I think it's a it's a real problem in America. In well, everywhere. I mean, look at kids. Their attention spans are tick tock long. <clears throat> <clears throat> Now wait a second. <clears throat> I I take slight obs- <laughs> slight uh, exception to this. I said kids. Because, I didn't say young women. I said. And kids. then you cleared your throat. I I know. No, I just have a little phlegm, little uh-huh. <clears throat> little mucus there. I um, I think that that's real rich coming from you, buddy. <laughs> How many times have you told me? Yes. That you you think you have undiagnosed I ADD. I just think it's an active mind. I call it an active mind. That's uh-huh. all. It is tax time. One of our listeners... Look, uh, a bunny. <laughs> Squirrel! Yeah. One of our... Uh, that fly on the wall is driving me crazy. Uh, one of our listeners sent us this, which I think uh, is sobering on this Monday, as it's not too early to think taxes. Oh, the government can. And the government can. Because they mix it up with lies and make it all taste good. I wrote that, thank you. Who can give a bailout? Tell us to behave. And make the founding fathers roll over in their grave. The go- I don't care if you hate me, I'm going to sing it anyway. Oh, the government can. Guy's funny. Tim Hawkins, huh? I guess he's got a bunch of those. Does, does, is that his genre? He does a lot of the parody songs? You want me to Google it? And he's find good. Out? No, no. I thought you knew about this guy. Yeah, he's he's good. Uh, do you, John? Do you uh, have you ever used TurboTax or uh, you know one of the other online you know one of the other do-it-yourself things? We don't. Yeah, do that. and then we went back to the accountant the next year. Yeah, we did too. Yeah, I think early on we tried that once, but I, it just didn't work out well. Hannah, uh, what do you guys do? Uh, for a long time, like my parents went to a tax preparer, yeah. and she would just kind of do my taxes as a freebie. Uh, now I use the system called my mother-in-law. Even it, better. <laughs> it works out pretty well for me. Works out nice, yeah. 
You know, did you see, I saw that study done a few years ago where they gave the same shoebox full of information, and I mean that metaphorically, but the same, the same data set to several different accountants, tax preparers, CPS, and, and there were different answers. It was all over the map. And that frightens me because then doesn't that mean that the IRS has a lot of subjectivity and what they'll accept and what they won't? And if the laws are that vague and the rules are that unclear, it, it makes you nervous, doesn't it? Well, I still think it's a load of you know what, that the government wants us to give them money, yet they can't calculate for us how much they want. Yeah. We have to do the hard part and then we can potentially get in trouble if we get it wrong. I think that's crap. Yeah. Well, we went through the business last week. I talked about it, how we had to file, you know, now you have to file if you pay anyone anything, you have to send them a 1099 or get a W something from them. Yeah, they they want to know what's gone into your Venmo, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I, yeah, I just, man, I'm troubled by that. And and what it does is it, it taxes productivity, the whole notion of an income tax. I don't get it. Actually, in that sense, a property tax to me is preferable to an income tax. Really? Well, yeah, because it if you want to be progressive about your taxes, theoretically, those who do better by that standard, by, by monetary material standards, they have more. Presumably, they make more, unless they're borrowing it all. Uh, and therefore, you, they're paying more, right? Well, that's the way that income tax is, is founded, right? We, we pay a higher rate the more you make. But it's more based on consumption. And and so that, to me, rather than, man, okay, you made more, I'm going to punish you for it. Yeah, make more, I'm going to take more. That There's something that's a disincentive to be successful. It is. It's like, yeah, oh, you're you're progressive, and here we come. We want more than our share. Yeah, it it just doesn't. And and Tennessee proves, isn't it? Tennessee they don't have income tax. They they, they probably have robust property taxes, and that's our our sales tax. Um, to me, it makes a lot more sense to do that. But that's yeah, that's just me. Well, and you know, we got lunch with uh, our friend Scott Fawn from the Missouri Times last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. and he had a great point of all these people say let's eliminate property tax. Yet nobody seems to have a plan on how to do that because obviously you have to make up that revenue somewhere. And all the folks, you know, shaking their fists and saying, we need to get rid of property tax, haven't really produced a plan for how they're going to do that. My friend Bill Eigel, and he is a friend. Many people think I'm anti-Missouri Freedom Caucus. I'm not. I just think at some point those kind of tactics and the name calling and calling other Republicans rhinos and sort of being obstructionist in a way has its limits of effectiveness, but that's, that's just a tactical, a tactical disagreement that I think we have. But, uh, I agree with a lot of what Bill says. I asked him that question and he was asked that question at the Gary Nolan Christmas uh, party. Uh, and he said, there's plenty of money in the state's coffers to make up that difference. The state has surplus and there are other ways to fund these, these, uh, services for the government well and i'm not claiming to know the answer either i just thought it was interesting that scott made that point well just google it you'll find the answer (laughs) okay that's the whole debate we've we've seen with gosh with gary nolan was one of the guys on the forefront of the whole whole move to eliminate personal property taxes and the whole idea of a flat tax and all and they tried to float it through the legislature and it just kind of you know it Ends up just kind of laying there. Yeah, the fair tax is ultimately, I think the fair tax is the very best tax. It's a tax that... Uh, consumption, correct? It's a consumption. Well, but it taxes the the final end line sale of a good. 
and it embeds it but that that entity say your 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 ice cream shop for joe biden's ice cream cones normally they pay some kind of a corporate tax or a flow-through tax to their private if they're an llc but it takes away the corporate tax takes away the income tax and it replaces it with a roughly 23% embedded tax. So your your loaf of bread that cost a dollar before does now not cost a dollar 23. It still costs a dollar. But the corporation, the company sends 23 cents of that to the government. And you say, well, what about that's going to be regressive on people? And But the answer to that is, no, 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 because there's what's called a prebate. And based on the number of heads in your household, number of bodies in your household, you get a, you get a, you get, you know, those basic living needs. Now that, and people will say, who's the government to determine what my basic living needs is? This is going to get me in trouble. But I think one of the problems that we have with um, people living paycheck to paycheck is some of the basic living needs have been redefined as multiple streaming accounts and cell phone this and whatever that and, you know, things that are probably not essentials. But that's just my opinion. But sort of like back to the debate when so many of the states, what are there? I don't know, nine or ten, like Alaska and Texas and all that that don't have a state income right. tax. That, that, was, that was a big part of the debate when they went that route. All right. Hey, listen, we have a couple of callers on the line. Um, let me take them real quick. Okay. Brent, real quick, 20 seconds. A term for the IRS and the federal government, and it's more prominent every year, it's a legalized mafia. Okay. I won't disagree with that. Bruce, your thoughts? Um, yes, I, the answer to this isn't that hard. I used to live in Tennessee, and they didn't have um, state income tax or property tax. They just had a sales tax. Yeah. And the sales tax wasn't that much different, about 13%. But they had, um, just in Nashville, like 120 people a day moving in. Amazon moved to 30,000 person. Yeah. Um, distribution center from New York. That's the answer. The states that are doing it are prospering. The there you go. Not that hard. Beautiful. Thanks, Bruce. And that's what I've said to all of our legislators. Just do what the successful states are doing. It's so simple, isn't it? Eh, maybe not. Back with the morning bell after a few words. Really, man, come on. Six o'clock news says somebody been shot. Somebody's been abused. Somebody blew up. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. It's time for the morning bell, and Stephanie is out. I'll do my best to cover that. And this uh, this day, after a pullback on the heels of Jerome Powell's announcement that, hey, guys, don't get so excited about a, a Fed funds rate cut that he uh, he said on 60 Minutes on Sunday, maybe June-ish um, at the earliest, uh, pull back yesterday. Today, the futures are neutral. Not surprising that, you know, everything gets prepackaged and everything is very emotional about these markets. Um, some news out of Eli Lilly. I know all of you hate pharma, but you love Monjero. You love Ozempic. You love those things that help you lose weight, right? Eli Lilly reported fourth quarter revenue and adjusted earnings that topped expectations. There was a launch of a new weight loss drug, Zepbound. Zepbound. 
and higher prices for the Blockbuster diabetes treatment, Munjaro, and its relatives, which, of course, are standalone weight loss drugs. So we have a love-hate relationship with Big Pharma, don't we? I just think... We do. Uh, yeah, I mean, boy, yep. you think about King Charles has cancer. I'll bet he's thankful for pharma and the European version of it. Toby Keith probably lived longer than he would have otherwise without pharma and some of the treatments. So it's easy to hammer them, but... Um, Boy, talk about existentially important things that they bring to our life. Uh, that's that's for sure. And Hannah, the circle back around on a story that you brought up. It looks like the landline may be going the way of the dodo bird, right? Um, I don't know. I, I, I Phone service providers are getting close to phasing out landlines. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? How many people still have landlines? AT&T. Um, not canceling it, but none of their customers will lose service in California. We had a landline growing up, and I remember I thought it was the coolest thing. The caller ID would show up on the TV. You know? Yeah, you remember yeah. that? Right, right. And it would tell you who was calling. Oh, I, I remember that. Was that. So cool. yeah. What about the analog fax machines that many small businesses may have? Hospitals, clinics, doctors' yeah. offices? Yeah. We use an e-fax at the office. We just use an e-fax through the, uh, through the electronic medical record. It works pretty well. I was going to say, I... Do a lot of places still use fax machines? Oh, 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 oh. dear Hannah. <laughs> like, I have scanned something and sent it in an email before. This is this is the absurdity of the Obamacare and the and the EMR. All offices still use all of these these government officials that know what's best for us. <laughs> yep. They, they don't know want that hard paper copy, don't yeah, they? They know nothing that's best for us. Well, that'll wrap it up for the markets. We'll see what happens as we move on. New Bud's, Budweiser ad. Let's talk about that when we come back. Super Bowl coming up. Listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri from anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. It's eight thirty six, and we're back for you know here after the news. <laughs> yeah, John. You know, once in a while, I forget what we were going to talk about after the. You know what I mean? Does that ever happen to you, John Marsh? Never. Yeah, there's so much going on in our world. <laughs> I'm getting I, roasted on the text line. You're getting roasted on the text. I have. I I can't keep up with the text line. It's very active this morning. It's like, you know how I tongue-in-cheek like to OK Boomer you guys every once in you a while? You do? Oh, yeah. Tongue-in-cheek. This I, is yeah, very tongue-in-cheek, right. This is one of those OK Zoomer moments of, like, me and my youthful ignorance of fax machines and wrongfully assuming that there's not that many left out there. Not many people use them. You know, because I don't use them, so obviously... Well, no you, one else does, right? You are the Go judge. down the hall to the sales office if you want to see a fax machine. <laughs> you, you are the judge of all things good, righteous, and appropriate, after all. Of course. Yeah. So you don't... <laughs> the fax machine. <laughs> Do you remember... Speaking of old... Fax machines are still in use? Sure they are. The, As I'm learning. I'll bet Brian and John remember that sweet smell of the purple ink. You know, From way back when, on the Mimeo machine, remember? Oh, that? man. I do remember oh, that. <laughs> you know, there are very few radio news people left. Very few. Probably Mark Slavitt, Kermit, uh, Bob Pretty still around uh, doing some stuff at Missouri Net, uh, you know, helping out but um, on his across our wide Missouri. But John and I are, you know, there's just not many of us left that actually remember the days, John, where there was a, it was a typewriter you would have in the newsroom. No computers, no internet. Forget that, folks. It was this is prefax machines, 
And the AP would print out nonstop behind you, John. Yep. AP, UPI wires. <laughs> All of we it. We had the highway patrol wire. Remember that one, Brian? Absolutely. And they would print out nonstop. And you, you'd do the news and you'd hear I mean, it sounded like Walter Cronkite doing the news. But literally, and you'd, you'd have to have just paper and paper. But that's the, what's the only way you could get it. That's what we had to do. Before that's, you got to put a newscast together, you literally, the phrase was, had to rip down the wire. That's exactly right. I mean, so we have come on come a long way no question about that but um there are yeah there are randy to your question i covered a house hearing missouri house hearing doug ritchie chaired it mm-hmm. state representative from over running for the senate he's over excelsior springs this was a couple of years ago i want to say two or three i was still at missouri net and um very bipartisan on this one and he wanted to use arpa money to basically the it infrastructure needed a big uh, a lot of work in jefferson city but uh, there were a number of agencies who actually at the time, this is just a few years ago, were depending on fax machines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the agencies could not communicate with each other. So um, that was just a few years ago. So there, I know Commissioner um, Zellers that you've met um, has been working on that very hard. Um, his, his folks, um, you know, it's just because they're all on, some of them are on different systems. So it's, it's not as easy as one might think, but very important nonetheless. So Dwayne is on my case about uh, pharma, a, smi- a, a laugh out loud em- emoticon uh, emoji pharma. I have a question for Randy. I think the government is hiding the cure for cancer, but won't let the information get out because they're making too much money off of everyone being sick. <laughs> Does he think insurance companies, big pharma, and the government is hiding the cure because they are making too much money? Well, like the story back in the day, if you'll remember, during the... Uh the oil embargo, the the secret 100-mile-per-gallon carburetor that the manufacturers yep. didn't want to put out. Yeah, or the perpetual energy machine, you know, like the Atlas Shrug static electricity, you know, energy machine that no one would let out because it would be the end of uh, profit motives. I, I, I Look, I know enough good, totally benevolent biggest heart in the world people that if they if they knew researchers and clinicians if they had the quote cure for cancer and cancers are many diseases it's not one disease that's right um it would be out there immediately the government would not squelch it big pharma would not squelch it there's no way and there's so much research being done i I agree with you doctor um research being done right on the the mizzou campus in columbia and in jefferson city as well but you just drive a few miles from here and you walk into the next gen facility and so it's named after Senator Blunt. I mean, it, it, they have the state of the art equipment. They have researchers. Senator Greg Razor, who listens to our program from Kansas City, uh, Democrat, Mizzou graduate. He has said to me several times, and he said it on the House floor as well when he was a House member, now a senator. He believes that facility, Next Gen, has the capability and will cure cancer, <coughs> dementia. Um, he, what else? Heart disease. There were, there were several things. He, he was that optimistic. He and Sarah Walsh, Republican, bipartisan effort, worked together to bring that facility there. And I hope they're able to do it. But yeah. they, there's, you know, Dr. Choi was there that day, Senator Blunt, the, uh, Dr. Johnson, Francis Johnson from, uh, <laughs> National Institutes of Health was there. Not heard anything like what this gentleman that texted you is saying, but, uh, I, I hope they do find a cure for it. I think that it would be a huge deal, but they're trying. I can tell you they're trying. And there's so many people that have dementia or other issues, as I well know, um, 
that would give anything for that. In, really in addition would. to early diagnosis, um, I think the the biggest advance in longevity and survival from cancer, which has just really skyrocketed for most cancers, stomach cancer, not one of them, uh, killed COVID, COVID, Toby Keith, mm. um, esophageal stomach cancer, tough, tough, tough ones, mm. um, along with others, has been the advance that pharma has led, along with basic research at the university level. There are a lot of those private-public partnerships um, in immunologic agents, biologic agents, uh, and and those have just, cancer experts tell me, oncologists tell me, the the half life of of cancer or the the growth time the you know it, the doubling time if you will of cancer information hmm. and treatment information is on the order of less than a year now it's unbelievable it is uh, it, it's it's incredible you're absolutely right and early detection and the ability to have access to be able to go to a primary doctor early because if you go when you're starting to have symptoms it can be too late um eli gold the voice of alabama crimson tide does an ad on this very topic and he said don't don't wait you don't want to give cancer an early lead and that's of course, right the, it's a good way to put it football yeah. metaphor yeah. but it it just it it means everything like that yeah. and the last point i make on it randy eli drinkwitz dennis gates great great people great <coughs> programs over there no offense to them and i'm a huge fan no offense to the athletic program but if if you look at everything over there what we forget sometimes about MU is the healthcare. The MU healthcare, they they actually have a division of that in the next gen. They just do a great job not taking anything away from the professors or anything else that goes on, football, basketball, all the great things. But the research they're doing there is, it's just incredible. And um, I've toured the facility several times. The Ready Board has met there. I've met, uh, I was with uh, uh, Matt McCormick. Dr. Yearwood was there. All the business leaders, we received a detailed briefing about the work they're doing at NextGen. I just hope they're able to make those cures. Another thing that would make a huge impact, and it costs you very little to nothing to do, and that is to prevent the prevent the, the circumstances which tend to promote cancer growth, and that is the inflammatory lifestyle we lead. That is eating too much of the processed food, not eating enough food that it comes from basically farm-to-table kind of thinking, and exercise along with that. As America's um, collective um, diet and exercise go in the wrong direction, you'll see cancer continue to increase. We're seeing a lot of that influence now. And it's going to be a battle against, you know, how we conduct ourselves early in our lives, the ravages that that leads to cardiovascular and cancer. They have really some common threads. Mm -hmm. But that's where primary care is so important and the access to it, because it's those relationships in primary care that change people's behavior, addresses the early diabetes, addresses the early hypertension, addresses the early cholesterol problems. I'd rather not have those through lifestyle, but rather than to fix them. But if they're if it's a reality, that's where big pharma comes in. Let's well, be honest about it. It comes in 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 it affects every one of you listening right now, whether you have diabetes or not, because this gets back to the debate on Medicaid expansion. That's a whole other issue, but it ties right in with it because the people that support Medicaid expansion will argue, and it and, and the, and ended up going to the court, so it really didn't matter, but the governor, governor has funded Medicaid expansion, and it will continue to be funded. But they would argue that if you don't, if the people especially in Medicaid, if you don't treat their diabetes or all the other, some of the other issues that we all have, some whether you're on, on Medicare or not, Medicaid or not, Medicaid, um, 
they would argue if you don't do it, it's going to cost the taxpayers more. So it is. it, it has been a public policy debate, too, uh, at the Capitol in Jefferson City. And, and again, like, like I said, the courts have ruled, so Medicaid expansion, is it's the, it's the law of the land. They, the, they, they have to follow that because of the court ruling. I'll open up a can of worms here that we don't have time to discuss, but we, we should have a serious discussion about the intersection of USDA policy. And I know there's a lot of farmers and a lot of ag people living out here listening. And its relationship to our obesity, our chronic disease burden, there's a direct relationship because the USDA policy encourages high density, high caloric density, low nutrition density foods. I would love to see out in mid-Missouri when fall time comes, instead of planting winter wheat, I would love to see brassicas. I would love to see the things that the, 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 the kale, the Brussels sprouts, the things that grow in the cooled weather that I think could be grown here, and they're much, much healthier for us, rather than wheat and corn and beans. Yeah, those provide calories, subsistence, not nutrition. And I wish that we could change it. Not that farmers don't get help and don't get USDA, but but in a different way, directed in a healthier direction. There is a Columbia Center for Urban Agriculture, Randy, that does some of the stuff you're you're talking about. They have a farmer's market. It's huge. It's every, for, I believe it's the first Saturday. I've been out there a couple of times. Governor's been there. Mayor Buffalo has been there. But they do some of the very things you're doing. They have a, There's gardens all over that facility. Yeah. It's on West Ash. So there are people trying. Yeah. Um, and maybe and, farmers can tell me that the climate here is not, not hospitable to that, but boy, would I love to see some emphasis on that. And, and the traditional, to be fair, <clears throat> the traditional, because they listen to the commodity groups. I'm talking Don Nickenham over at the Pork Association, uh, Mike Deering, Missouri Cattlemen's Association, Corn Growers Association. I could go down the Soybean Missouri Farm Bureau. The traditional, as I call it, commodity groups in Jefferson City. They've been up here as well today, and they've they've all been promoting farm to table. They have. And, I, but, and here's have, another idea. My wife did her PhD on a different way of raising cattle, grass finished cattle that never see any corn. They never see any of that, and the the fats that are in that meat. The next time she's on, we'll have a discussion about that. Are, are actually very healthy for you, whereas the fats in our well-marbled things that we like that tend to get the corn at the end of their lives, and, um, you know, have some, some health detriment to us, frankly. It's not an either-or. I think it's a both-and, but it's, it's an interesting policy discussion that I would like to have someday. Maybe we can get an ag professor on to talk about that, because um, there is another way of looking at the way we grow our food and how we eat it, and it's direct relation to our chronic disease burden. Um, so we'll talk about it sometime. Okay, John says, there's no market here for crops other than corn, wheat, and beans. Well, there's always dreaming for another day when maybe it's a little healthier market with healthier goods. My opinion, but it's worth what you pay for it. Speaking of pay for it, that's what our sponsors do. They pay for the free information that you don't pay for. Please uh, take a listen to what they have to say, and then we'll be back and uh, do some leftovers. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Freedom of speech, practiced here daily and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. It is time for leftovers and... um We have to remind people, John Marsh, that Ashland has an unusual February 
ballot issue today, right? A no tax rate increase bond issue today? Yeah, that's that's what's on the ballot, folks in uh, in Ashland are going to see that. It's a $40 million bond issue involving waterworks and sewage projects. And unfortunately, we don't have the, the alderman, Stephanie, in with us this morning. But it'll determine if Ashland should combine its waterworks and sewer system revenue bonds. And polls opened until 7 tonight in Ashland. It's the only election today in mid-Missouri. And I guess there's some... Uh no tax rate uh, high school expansion projects as well, right? That's why I understand. The school it, yeah. board of education, Southern Boone Board of Ed, has approved. This is a twelve mil, eleven point six million no tax rate increase. On oh no, that's on the April election. That's yeah, for that's, April. Yeah, that's okay, the, that's for the April. spring issue. Okay, that's for the spring one. So this, this is, is for this infrastructure. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, infrastructure, water, work, sewage, okay. and all that. And that kind of stuff is important. Ashland's a really booming area. I mean, as I understand it, I, I haven't seen stats on it, but it's growing rapidly. We'll have to talk with Stephanie when she returns uh, from her exotic uh, land far away trip. Is she in some exotic land, Hannah? Yeah, I, I think she's in Nepal. In Nepal. She? Yeah, I uh, think I heard that or too. Tibet, which is it? I can't remember. <laughs> Tibet is it Everest? Is it or Everest? Or maybe one? it's maybe it's Tibet's down by the lake. Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem though. She's going to have uh, on uh, on peaking Mount Everest. She left her energy light here. Oh boy, Hannah! I see the energy light here. I how don't is know. she going to survive? I don't know. We'll have to ask her how she does good. Um, so. Uh, we we didn't get to talk much about um, Jerome Powell. That's a little bit of the leftover. I talked a little bit about it, but I wanted to remind everyone that Jerome Powell says there won't be a Fed rate increase. What that's going to do to the markets, I don't know. But I think what it might do to the economy is going to be more interesting because that may we're, – we're seeing a little crack in some of the full-time jobs numbers um, that came out last Friday. A lot of part-time jobs are these millions and millions of jobs that have been um, – that have been uh, quote created to backfill jobs lost and i'm just thinking you know with business owners small business even large business when the word comes down from high that hey we're not, you're not going to get a break on the borrowing to either expand or sustain or change your business or would develop new r&d i'm just wondering if people are going to continue to hire like they have been and if those hires are going to continue to be part-time jobs uh you mix that with a market a housing market that's sort of stagnant because all of it as it runs up to the election, it'll be interesting. You know, they asked Jerome Powell about about that on 60 Minutes. And, yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, he was very wishy-washy about that. But one thing he was very, very clear on was that he's worried about fiscal sanity in these United States. And I'm just, um, I don't know where that's all going to end up. Don't I'll know. talk to the other 19 governors who sit on the Fed board, you know? Yeah. Because some of them come from different places. I mean, obviously... Well, we talked to the economist, Tom Kruckmeyer, former state economist, and his take on it was, you know, the the unemployment rate's really good in Missouri, but stand by on the interest rates. It doesn't look like it's going to happen even in May, much less next month when the rumors flew right. around. Yeah, so maybe we'd be looking at mid-summer or early summer, June, July, who knows, so May. I don't know. Hannah, what you got left over? Um, well, I'm I'm trying to find the article on this. Uh, but Fox News on the Chiron here in the studio a few minutes ago said Biden was maybe rolling out a new plan for student loan forgiveness. Oh, no. For the love of Pete. <laughs> so I'm hoping I didn't get oh. clickbaited, I, but I'm looking into that. Hannah, 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 what? Hannah. 
If it was offered for you, you would take it. Don't tell me you wouldn't. But I would continue to advocate against it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Jennifer Bukowski.